Hey everybody, it's Brandon Dawson. Welcome back to another episode of Building Billions. I have some remarkable guests here today with me, uh, and and it's a name that if anybody's ever eaten at the best steak houses in the world, they'll recognize. And I think that uh, this is going to be a true testament of what it's like to to build a business, start, build, scale, exit, start over, maybe exit again. Who knows? Uh, today I have with me Jeff Mastro, and I'm going to have him introduce who he is what he's done, and what he's doing, and Oliver, uh, both of them. So, Jeff, why don't you kick this off? Yeah, hi, how are you? Um, yeah, so Jeff Mastro. So, uh, yeah, we, uh, back in 1999, we started the Mastro Steakhouse and Mastro's Ocean Club restaurants. Um, we did that for a few years, and it was terrific. And then uh, we exited that in uh, May of 07, and then uh, we uh, decided... Uh, you know, we were still young enough and wanted to continue on, and we thought there was uh, there was a uh, opportunity in more of the kind of somewhat modern, more modern steakhouse segment because that wasn't really existing at that point. So that's what we're doing now. We have uh, nine steakhouses now: um, our uh, Steak Forty Four, Ocean Forty Four, uh, and Steak Forty Eight. And we're, we have nine units in six states right now. And, uh, and our, our first one uh, we did after we sold Mastro's is the Dominic Steakhouse, named after my grandfather. Um, but, uh, yeah, and we're, uh, we're just uh, having a good time now. And, uh, yeah, and uh, we, we're just going to do it until it's not fun anymore. Yeah. yeah. Good. And, Oliver, what's your role in all this? Uh, I am uh, chief brand officer. Uh, for for Jeff and uh, and his family, we've been together 32 years. Wow! Um, so uh, it's been uh, an exciting uh, exciting adventure, great journey, and it just keeps getting better and better. So you know, I I, I remember uh, coming here eating at Mastro's, and and we loved up in Kiriland, uh probably 12 years ago. Sure. And and we really fell in love with the brand, the environment, uh, and then here at City. Is it City uh, City Hall? City Hall. Yeah, and so we'd go between the two, and uh, and then I think uh, I think one opened in Palm Desert where I had a place. Yeah, uh, that was after after we sold. Did, yeah, after yeah. you sold. Yeah. Yep. And and so, what's it like building a brand that, quite honestly, whenever anybody in New York, anyone, people go to Mastros, they want to go to Mastros. You 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 started something with your brand position and with the quality of what you delivered that extended beyond transacting and, and exiting, but transformed into a whole nother line of businesses. And a lot of people talk about how tough it is in the restaurant business. How is it that you guys have figured out whatever that magic sauce is to build a high valued and high quality deliverable in the food industry or in the restaurant industry? Well, we talk about that all the time. Yeah. So, and we don't have all the answers. So, uh, you know, this is me and my brother right now, and we're so passionate uh, with what we do and it's all about the guest and when you're only focused on the guest and not all your cost and your economics and all that um, that that I think that makes all the difference we just want the guests to come in and have the best experience possible and if they don't they're not going to pay for it I mean it's uh, that's what it is it's it's just all about the guest and if you're guest focused as far as service and food and everything it's uh, it, it it really makes for a winning winning situation so we have a saying which is price is only an issue in the absence of value that's exactly right 
And so it's your belief that you can pretty much charge whatever you want as long as that experience is remarkable for the person that's coming in to to eat at the restaurant or, or, or even I like to go there just to get drinks, by the way. It's like a great <laughs> place just to be. It's a community place, right? Well, you know, it has a great feel. And that's really what it's about. Your 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 the the food has to be, you know, the best quality and spectacular, luxury personal service, and then the environment and all the other things that go along with it. And then the culture uh, that that we work so hard to to continue to to propagate within the the, the company culture of consideration and and just making everything the best it can and what happens is when you put all those things together you end up with the totality of the experience and that's what you're buying that's what you're experiencing that's what you that's what's craveable i think uh is is that experience that you get and when you can create that then you know that's a that's a special thing and people want that and uh, and you know the the, the value is uh, is built in and is there uh, when you do that. And when it isn't, when something goes wrong and when there are missteps, well, then you just, you know, if you came for perfect and you didn't get it, then we got to reset and do it. And again. we have a great story relative to your 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 customer <laughs> we didn't relationship. Do it. it wasn't us. <laughs> we didn't do it. We, it wasn't us. Um, Natalie and I went in there to have dinner. This has to be a year, over a year ago. And I had just bought her a brand new purse. She had wanted her basically her whole life. And it was a, a Kelly, uh, I can't remember. Hermes. The, or, or yeah. Hermes. Yeah. You know Perfect better than I do. Yeah. And, uh, and she was concerned about it. It was on the table. So she set it down on her, on the floor by her, by her chair leg, you know, so it was out of the way. And we weren't probably 10 minutes into sitting there and she had never, she had just unwrapped this bag <laughs> and, and the, the, Bartender or or the um, the one server assistant, server assistant yeah. Yeah. moved the candle and when he moved the candle he dropped basically dro- dropped it oh. and all that wax went all over Hermes and all down inside of it and my wife was just looking at it she didn't even know what to say <laughs> and her eyes were huge yeah. we had a business dinner there so she wasn't like gonna you know she she was just like she doesn't freak out anyway but she's just like I could tell and I'm like looking at her like what happened and all of a sudden she picks her bag up. And it's just got wax all over it. I'm like, oh shit, this is gonna be a, this is not gonna end well for for me, her, or the poor bus guy. And uh, your waiter came over, took the information, got it all. You called me all over immediately, like the next day, and you're like, look, we're gonna swing by, we're gonna pick the bag up. Don't worry about it. You'll either get a brand new one. I'm like, dude, do you know how much this thing costs, <laughs> and how long I had to wait for it. Yeah. And you're like, no, I understand, but we have a direct relationship in France, blah, 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 boo, boo, boo. Anyway, several months later, I got the bag back. It was brand new. It was, it was whatever they did to it. It was as brand new or as brand new. Maybe they swapped it out and you guys didn't flinch at all. You were like, sorry about this. We did it. And and I wanted to make sure that, you know, you guys like the, 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 the guy that probably felt the worst in the whole situation was the poor wait staff. He's, he's, he's doing very well at Morton's now. Yeah, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> there you go. I love that sense of humor. But but uh, but talk about like, because you guys didn't flinch. No, it was never a question of what to do. It was whatever it was going to take to make it exactly perfect, and uh, and 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 that was it. And and as you know, the universe doesn't make any mistakes. And and you know, you and I had the good fortune of, of meeting just briefly before that, so I, it was easy for me to give you a quick call. And we just, you know, went right, right into right into action to to fix it. And you know, this uh, uh, this this business is so much about building genuine relationships 
and you never know when those relationships are going to come to come to bear. And we happen to have a relationship uh, with Hermes and their their person that runs North America, and uh, and we were just uh, and, and it worked out perfect. And they they took the bag and and shipped it, uh, couriered it because they don't ship them um, back to uh, to Paris to the manufacturer, to the bench guys that made it. And they did everything they did and made it uh, made it exactly perfect. You know, so. sometimes business owners would look at those situations and most of them would freak out and 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 understandably uh, they'd be overwhelmed with whatever it takes to get things fixed. They'd be mad at everybody involved. They'd even some to some extent blame the customer for saying, "Why would you bring that bag to a restaurant?" <laughs> like 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 people defer and deflect when right. when they're overwhelmed. That's your reason of choice, right? I mean, That's your reason of choice. Now, right. now there is the flip side to that is, which is when something really wrong goes bad, you can use that to an advantage if you, if you flip it the other way, if you convert it. So we talk a lot in business about converting problems to opportunities for promotion. So here now, we built a relationship off of that because I, right. I built iTrust. I think I, I probably eat there two, three times a week. I take a lot of customers there. Which is an amazing compliment. I haven't audited my bills don't do that for 2023 <laughs> but my guess is it's hundred thousand or more that we sure. spend there easy at and your does your wife show up with all her stuff in a ziploc bag now yeah 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 so she, no, <laughs> no she's because she's like hey yeah you know if anywhere you're gonna go where you know they're gonna take care of you absolutely and and so that relationship was converted into now we're doing a podcast because we built a relationship uh, i feel like i want to take more people there. The experience, the restaurant's awesome, but also the story's amazing. Right. It's a great representation of customer support yeah. and the customer journey working with you guys, which I believe is why you were able to build such a high value yeah. business. Yeah, that, that conversion concept is, is, I've never heard it put that way, but we do, we do that a lot. I mean, we, we joke sometimes it's, it's, it's great. We destroyed that purse <laughs> <laughs> or, or it's great. We, we, we hit somebody on the back of the head with uh, one of our trays or, you know, or we, uh, you know, or they brought in a, a cake and, and we gave it to the wrong table. <laughs> <laughs> so everything happens, but everything. the conversion, some of our best guests, I mean, we had some issue in Houston years ago on Mother's Day and yeah. we converted a lot of guests into just, just loving us more than anything we have some of our best guests are out of <laughs> these horrible situations well, because um, we go the extra mile we will do and, and we don't and i've always had this me and my brother it's a don't make excuses just do it just fix it don't make any we we did it let's move on let's fix it let's make it right that's it don't make any excuses so but that's an important piece of this puzzle and i think <clears throat> maybe uh more important than 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 jeff makes it sound the environment that Jeff and his family and my, his brother Mike have created over the years that, and I've been fortunate to be around for, for th over three decades. There's no question. It was easy for me to pick up the phone and call you in the morning. I, I, I didn't even, we didn't have to talk about it because I knew a hundred percent without a doubt, do whatever it takes, make it as good as you make it the best or better. And, and that's it. And that's uh, that's a special thing because that becomes a mindset that the company takes on becomes a mindset that everyone you know, it takes on, it becomes a part of your DNA, a part of the culture of the company when there's never a doubt that it's going to be the absolute best, meaning that all of the, the deliveries that come to a, a business on, on any given day, uh, a, a restaurant, then every chef in the company knows without a doubt they have Jeff's implicit support that 
if something comes in and it's not exactly perfect, it could be a tomato, could be uh, a shrimp, could be anything. Don't use it, give it back and just, hey, we don't have that tonight. He'd rather not sell it than sell it a hair less than perfect. And, and, and so talk a little bit because when you think about the complexity of a business, I mean, especially the restaurant business, you have high transactions, Sure. You have a lot of logistics everywhere from setting the reservation, showing up on time, parking the car, showing the people the table, making sure that everything is in order, everything's delivered properly, everything comes out right, making sure the experience is remarkable. There's probably more logistics in a single transaction in the restaurant space, sure. especially a high-valued one like you guys than there is in most businesses. And most people talk about the complexity of business, the operations of business. How were you guys able to streamline each granular piece of the process to make sure and ensure your people are empowered and the deliverables consistent every single time because yeah. that has been my experience going to your restaurants. Well, that's, uh, we, have, we have a, first of all, when we open a store, we have a great training program and we spend a lot of time and money. I mean, when we open a new store, you know, it, it, we, we, have, we almost have two months of training, which yeah. costs a lot of money to bring them in and then we do all these practice dinners and and it's all in the restaurant it's all about the systems you have in place and your standard operating procedures and we've learned a lot i mean we learned a lot with mastro's and we're even better now with what we have with our our new steakhouses but it's getting those uh procedures in place and then it's it's making sure the the employees understand and believe in them and empowering them to to do do what we want them to do and and them knowing they can do these things and they're not gonna you know like that essay he 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 you know he didn't he dropped that candle but he we don't we want him to just take responsibility for it too mistakes happen that was a bad mistake but we we all move on and just uh you know, it's all about empowering our our management and the staff to do the right thing and comfortable to come to us on how to fix any problem rather than because the problem you get in restaurant business and a lot of businesses, the, the staff might do something wrong and they don't want to get in trouble. So they hide it. So they don't tell anybody. That makes it then 10 times just, worse. Yeah. Then you just hear about it down the road because and, and, and we lost the opportunity to fix it in real time. So it's uh, right. that's a big part of what we do and them trusting us that, hey, we understand mistakes gonna happen. Let's just do our best to fix it. I mean, the person's perfect example. It was SA, the server, the manager that night, the general man, that went through a line of people to get the job, to get to me like that, because nobody yeah, it was flinched. Within, it, was, it, was, it had to be less than a minute and a half. It was resolved with a phone number, with a text message saying, hey, we understand this happened. We're gonna be all over it. I was just, it just let us sit and back. And if somebody and hides that, dinner. you can't, you can, you, we would have never had that opportunity for instant recovery, you know, yep. and, and that's, uh, that's, that's, that's an a good lesson for all business owners. That's why this show is building billions. It's hard enough to build a $1 million business or a 3 million. In fact, all businesses under a hundred million, uh, 98% of all businesses under a hundred million are stuck at 3 million or less. 97% mm -hmm. go out of business every 10 years. Wow. So it's very difficult to build a successful business. And it sounds to me like the operations are exceptionally important and tight to build a, a, a food business, right? A restaurant business. Sure. But the culture, from what I'm hearing, is as important or more important than the SOPs because if they don't follow them, That's right. if they don't have transparency where they feel like they can communicate problems, 
right. then you can't fix them, which means it prolongs it and compounds it. Absolutely. I mean, you, you can't be upset about if you want to go 100 miles an hour, you can't be upset about a few bugs on the windshield. That's going to happen. And when everybody knows that, then, you know, it, it's the the rest of the SOPs and the rest of the standards and the rest of the procedures that Jeff puts in place all come to bear because you're activating them. If you don't activate them, you don't get everybody, you know, behind it. And, and you know, it's no different than, uh, you know, obviously a lot of changes in uh, in, in historic college football and, and NFL today, you know, with, with Bill Belichick and, and Nick Saban both retiring in the last 12 hours. But think about those, the, the, the level of accountability that those guys put in place and the film watching and the correcting the smallest details, but everybody knowing it's fine, correct it. That's interesting. You know, we had Fertitta on our stage at the 10X conference two years ago, and, and he was talking about how much he loves that business. That's and, quite a compliment. And so, you know, when you, it's hard enough to build a business that sustains when you own it. But to build a legacy business that flourishes after you no longer own it really speaks to the value of the foundation of the brand. Because for most businesses, it's hard enough. But when a buyer comes in, they usually screw it up has been my experience. That's interesting. What is it like driving by these locations and seeing your names on them? It was, uh, in the beginning, it was very odd. I actually, I used to live way up in North Scottsdale. So our, our first Mastro's was the one at Pinnacle Peak and Pima. Mm -hmm. So I would, after we sold, I'd drive by it every day. Um, and it was odd for a while. Now it's just, uh, it's a, just another, you know, steakhouse that we compete with. So it's, uh, you know, it's okay. It's been, you know, we sold back in May of 07. So, yep. but the first few years were odd. And uh, yeah, but it's still a great brand. I mean, Oliver has a great story about, this, uh, you know, like your second house thing. Well, it is, you know, it, it's a, it was a wonderful chapter in, in, in all of our lives. And, you know, it's easy to equate that to um, when my wife and I had our, our first house, you know, and I think we all have a similar story where, you know, one morning you, you, you wake up and you say, hey, maybe we should maybe we should do something different, you know, maybe something a little more, something that fits us and more today and more where we're going in our direction in life. And you, and you buy a new house, or you build a new house and you love it. But your first house you painted it, you hung pictures there, you had kids there. And every time you drive by it, you want to see it look perfect. You know, you want the, you want everything to be perfect and you want it to be evergreen and, and, and be there forever. And that's, that's how we feel, um, about Mastro's and, uh, and, and that brand and that chapter in our lives. We, it's, uh, it's wonderful to see what they've, they've done with it. They're brilliant guys. They've, you've taken it to, you know, a next level. And that's, uh, it's, it's exciting. It's rewarding to see that both, both my businesses I've sold have gone through expansion on a global basis. So sometimes I'm in another country and I see something I started. So I know <laughs> that feeling of like, this is really cool, but now let's go to the present time because those restaurants have always been consistent. They've been a fun place to go to, but the stuff you guys have today is like cool. It's like modern. It feels amazing. It's, it's, it's like you walk into those restaurants and you're like, man, I'd love to have a house that has some component of this mm -hmm. in it <laughs> just because it feels so good. Right. And the, the, the way I, I have to imagine even the intention, like where to put the bar, how to put, you know, how to put stuff around the bar right. versus the dining room, because there's people that want to experience the bar, but not be in the bar and all the thoughts that go into the environment and the creation and what you see when you walk in every one of your restaurants, when we experience them, we're like, like that's the only place I take my clients now when they come to town. They that's like great. we want to go to the best restaurants. We could pick any one of your brands, and the consistency, even with a different name, is and the environment. So talk a little bit about 
that spark that all of a sudden you were like, okay, I've sold, I'm done. I don't need to work anymore. And then it's like, fuck well, it. I'm going to go build another big ass monstrosity. Well, that, that was, yeah, it's not, that's not exactly the, stuff, <laughs> no, but, no, I mean, we, uh, you know, my brother and I were only in our late thirties when we sold. So we wanted to, you know, we took a little time off. We had a non-compete and then, then we, and then we were in the middle of the great recession and we were, Still, you know, we were still, I was on the board for a while of Mastro's after we sold and, and we saw what their numbers were even during the recession. We said, well, hell, I mean, you know, they're still doing these relatively really big. I mean, cause everything dropped during, yep. you know, 08, 09. And we looked at their numbers and said, man, they're still doing pretty relatively good. And it's probably only going to get better after we get out of this mess. So that's why we decided to build uh, our Dominic Steakhouse. And, and, and you could pick up it. property probably pretty cheap back then when you started the process. Well, yeah, actually, we almost did uh, our Dominic Steakhouse at this other location. Um, and the landlord was going to, it was going to be, it was, they were going to build the whole location for us. <laughs> and the rent was going to be free for a couple of years because nobody was doing anything. Yeah. Although uh, we're very happy we didn't pick that location. Yeah. Actually, they went completely out of business, so we wouldn't have, it wouldn't have worked anyway. Yeah, yeah. They, they really didn't have any money. Location, location, location. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you know, I, yeah. and all kidding aside, location, location. That's what a lot of people make big mistakes. They say, "Oh my God, we get the, the rent's great at this place." Yeah, well, there's a reason. Yeah. So we 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 joke about yeah, we love paying high rent. Yeah. There's a reason yeah. you pay high rent. Yeah. And what's it like having a restaurant rent. named after you said your grandfather? Yeah, my grandfather Dominic Mastro, my my dad's my dad's father. So. And uh, my middle son also is Dominic. And uh, yeah, it's great. And, and my grandfather, we were close, but he passed away when I was about 10 years old and uh, in his almost at my age right now, at, yeah, at 57 years old, he passed away. And it's amazing. He was always our, at Mastro's, he was always our, kind of our logo. We had his picture on the front of the menu at Mastro's. Uh, we really named, it was, when it was Mastro's, it was really, um, you know, my dad's idea of naming Mastro's after his father, our grandfather. So that's awesome. Um, so it's a real, it's what a, a great tribute, goal. you know? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you know, that, that consistency that you, you mentioned where you walk yeah. in and in each one of the places, what you feel that where, where the bars are, Hey, I'd love to have a, a component of that in a, in a home someday or, or, or that nature. And in each one of the brands, I think, you know, what, what you're feeling is, is Mike and Jeff's infinite passion for the business and their, 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 and true hospitality, but how involved, you know, everybody is, how involved we all are in, in, in the, in the, in the creation of the brand and the concept. And they're a part of it. You're feeling their personalities. You're feeling the love and passion that goes into it. And I really do believe that that comes through, you know, brick and mortar and the position of the bar and the lighting and what the choices are and the happen and the feel when you sit down and you say to yourself, you're a perfect example. You can have dinner anywhere on the planet you want to go. And when you choose one of our places, which is a great compliment, by the way, and you sit down, you get that feeling. You say to yourself, you know what? I'm in the right place. Yeah, this I'm at is home. exactly where I want to be. This feels like I could be at my home. Yeah. And then when you can be. create that feeling that this is exactly where I want to be, I'm in the right spot. Well, then that's the totality experience you win. What's talk about the one thing, the single biggest, scariest thing in the process of building all these businesses one day something had to have happened where you thought is this it and it can't be the first story and it can't be the first <laughs> yeah it can't be the first story what do you got jeff uh 
Well, I don't know. We, uh, I mean, there's, there's a lot of scary things. I mean, COVID. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I thought, at first I thought it was a joke. So I was, we were, we were actually down in the BVIs at the time, having a great time. And, uh, and then we started, you know, hearing some things. Um, and, and then we heard a couple of little rumblings of things. And cause this is so, I mean, we're in the BVIs March, early March of, of 20. And, and then we heard something about, they canceled some PGA tournament, but then we heard they canceled the, the rest of the NBA season. We said, holy crap. You're not kidding around. This is more serious than we thought. And then we were trying to figure out how to get back into the United States because we were they were shutting everything down. So uh, but that that was the that's the scariest time during COVID. We thought we didn't know, you know, what was going to happen. You're talking about, you know, at the time we had five restaurants. We were building two more, um, you know, shutting down every one of our restaurants at the same time. We were I mean, I mean, when when sometimes we have, you know, the you know, like the electric goes out. Um, you know, at, at two o'clock on a Thursday afternoon, and we might not open for one night, that scares the crap out of us. <laughs> Having nine, uh, seven of our restaurants closed um, was just crazy. And we didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know if we we're going to be closed. I thought, I thought that everything, this was going to roll over in like a week or two. Um, luckily, in Arizona and Texas, uh, things reopened after about five, six weeks, but a lot of our other locations took a lot longer. Um, but that was the scariest time. And it's just the unknown um, and um, just but we came and I'm just I'm, I'm still shocked how <clears throat> how kind of most of the economy rebounded so well after COVID. I mean, things are things have been terrific since then and uh, just hopefully it keeps going that way. What yeah. was it like uh, the process of actually selling your business in 2007? How long did that process take you? It took from start to finish a couple of years. We were never we were never for sale. We didn't mm -hmm. uh, that never happened. We were just plugging along, doing our thing, and we had our restaurant, our masters in Beverly Hills, and that restaurant really put us on the map. Everybody everybody really heard of us because we ended up in People Magazine a lot because yeah. a lot of celebrities came in, so people would always come and talk to us, and uh, someone we knew introduced us to somebody else, and uh, and. And, you know, we had dinner with them and they started talking about maybe buying us. And we just said, no, we're not, we're not for sale. And which we found out that's a good way to negotiate. It's always a great way to negotiate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why sell if you don't have to? Yeah. yeah. If yeah, somebody exactly. wants it bad enough, they'll, yeah. they'll keep coming to you. Yeah. Yeah, that's so that's what happened. happened. And it got to a point and, and, and we always thought in the back of our head, we could, you know, we, we could jump back in. So, and that's what we've done. So. How much is easier is it? Cause, cause. I have a lot of friends that had big exits. I had a big exit. And and people ask me, like, this next iteration of building a business, how much easier is it than the first? <clears throat> and people undervalue, you know, the actual exit. A lot of times they're like, I'll never sell, I'll never sell. But almost every one of my friends that had an exit has accelerated the next iteration of growth because yeah. there's just no pressure on, like, you know you're not going to go broke, you know, if, as long as you're proper about how you do it. Um, then you have Elon that throws everything at one thing, <laughs> yeah. right? But but how much easier was it for you the second time around once you had an exit and and then before you got to that point, that whole process of thinking you're going to sell, negotiating a deal, maybe it's on, maybe it's off, maybe it's going to change somewhere. How stressful was that for you? Uh, 
it, it wasn't stressful at all, the on and off. The only hard part when you're selling, because we didn't, we didn't care if we sold or not. Yeah. It was fine. We weren't those people. We, like I said, we weren't for sale. Even once we got close to closing on the deal, it was fine. Worst case scenario, we just wake up and do what we've been doing for years. And so that was and not stressful. And enjoying it. Yeah, that was yeah, not that stressful was at all. That's the best time yeah. to sell. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So we just uh, continued and moved forward. But as far as you know, the second time around, it, I, I would not say the second time around was easier at all. Just different. It was different. Uh, I don't know if it ever gets easier. I think yeah. hopefully we just get a little better at it. Mm. Yeah, but it's still it's just as stressful as opening our first Mastro's and opening our Dominic Steakhouse, and and then when you got one, you got two, and you know the stress of you know you you want to succeed. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank. You just open this new business. You want to succeed. See, that's all you're yeah. looking at. And by the so, way, that's what I thought you were going to say when you said the scary moment was the day opening day. Every restaurant we have been planning and opening and practicing and and bring people in and we have I don't know, a few hundred reservations and we have reservations booked for a few weeks but there's that time that like three o'clock in the afternoon when nobody's there yet and you're like all right we're ready is anybody going to show up yeah <laughs> his dad tells a great story like that and i, I, I and you uh, probably have that feeling with every restaurant it, yeah, oh, yeah yeah never yeah. goes away yeah his, that's that that's that productive paranoia that jim collins talks about good to great great by choice how the mighty fall and how the mighty fall, the whole thesis there is when you lose that that edge, that productive paranoia, because you just assume we're great, we're just going to make it work, and everyone Absolutely. just assumes it, the system no works. Question. I, and, I unfortunately will never have that because I'm that's such true. a freak about so many things. And I, <laughs> I overly stress myself out, so that because I do know that if you get if you start taking things for granted, that that's a kiss of death. That, yep. That'll ruin you. And I'm, I, I wish I can get a little closer to that because I, uh, you know, that's why I get so many migraines, I think. But uh, anyway, I'm not worried about that. Yeah, I'm always, you know, just every little thing. It's my personality. So it's, uh, yeah. But uh, so every restaurant's like our first restaurant. That's how you look at it. And that's They're how awesome. I look at Their it. Their dad, Dennis, <clears throat> has been saying for years that fear is an excellent motivator. Yeah. yeah. So. This is like, if you're an entrepreneur and you're listening to this show, um, you should really pay attention to the nuances because here's here's what in fact I'll give you an example. We manage a couple billion dollars of businesses over there, right? And they're wow. across all sorts of spectrum. You got anywhere from a dentist to someone who owns a restaurant to a chiropractor to to a concrete guy to 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 a health business. You know, you got it all. And and what we see is we start educating them and then we start engineering their business and then we start consultatively helping them. And you see these businesses start to go like this and then you see and you see the earnings go like this and all of a sudden you see this and the business owner like it doesn't work it doesn't work i'm gonna bail or i'm gonna get out or i gotta do something different the reality is it went like this because you can almost pinpoint the three decisions from i don't want to do it anymore i'm gonna hire somebody else to do it and then i'm gonna let them do it the way they want it's almost like a sequence yeah. and, and because owners like wore themselves out they're finally winning they yeah. warn themselves out for years. They're finally winning. And they're like, oh, I've arrived. And they're like, oh, shit, I got to jump back in. I don't have the energy. And so I just got to do something different. And we see it's almost like clockwork. You see that as they start to tick up. If you think about your business and how many people you've brought in as managers or general managers or people that you really rely on <clears throat> who all of a sudden go from, yeah, I got it. I got it. I got it. I'm going to pay attention to the details. To like, yeah, it's going to be fine. And then you realize that attitude caused the rest of the culture to start to shift and you have to make a, a very quick decision. 
as you're building your business and paying attention every day, because I get, I, I, I'm getting that you probably look at cash in every day would be my guess. Mm -hmm. There's got to be one of you looking at a report every day. Yep. He looks at everything every day. Every day, because I look at it every day. Every morning when I wake up. That's how I stay going yeah. during the day, because if I see a trend over three days, I'm, I'm going to hit the oh, oh shit button and start putting protocols in place, right? When you guys see that cultural shift because of somebody you've left in charge that's deviating now, you can see it in the numbers, see it in the behavior, probably in the engagement. What do you do in that moment? Well, yeah, the, the problem is, yeah, you, you never move fast enough. I mean, we, we always try, we always talk about it, but it's, whenever you see something happening, it's always, oh, I wish we would have made these changes a lot sooner. So yeah, we, we, and, and use the word trends. We're always looking for trends. It's a, it's yeah. one, something happens once or twice, that's, that's might be okay, but it's the trends you're always looking at. And then you gotta, you gotta react and you gotta move people around and it's, it's hard. I mean, it's a, you know, this is it. We're in the people business. That's, that's all we got. When you're multi-operating restaurants, it's all about the people because you can't be there every day. We got places all over the, the country. So it's just, you got to rely on your people and you got to have the best people and then you got to stay close with them and know what they're doing every day. And that's what we try to do when we have systems in place and things I look at every day to understand what my key people are doing every day. So if we need to make some changes, we will. And hopefully sooner than later. And I, I got to imagine you guys treat those changes the way that maybe a, a, a football coach, a, 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 an elite coach or owner team would make about their players. I mean, that's <laughs> a funny example. We just talked, talk, we were just talking about this two days ago, the exact yeah. example, because we had to do something along these lines. Um, that was very troubling to me because we had to do it and, and it was best for the business, but it's just a hard thing yep. to do. So we were talking about the exact example. That, that was the example I used. Yeah. Jeff you got to do what you got to do for, for the business. So you're going from good to great every time. You're always trying to improve. That's all yeah. we're doing every day. And sometimes you have employees that they're, they're fine, but you, you have somebody who's better. So, yeah. and, but those are hard, those are hard, hard decisions. Well, it's the decisions that most business owners don't make. And especially when they're a small business because they have friends and family in the business. Yeah, and they're right. the ones that usually are the, are the ones that are taking advantage of the situation, but that sends right. a message to everybody else. If you're going to let the people you're closest to slide, then the culture says, go ahead. For and sure. And I think it also sends a message to everybody else of how much you care about them, because those are difficult decisions whenever you're going to part with somebody anyway that Jeff has to make. And he talks about this all the time. But then there's the he's doing it for all of our behalfs, for everybody, for the essay that that dropped the wax to everybody else. When he makes a decision like that to a difficult decision to make a change with somebody, it's for the benefit of the other, you know, 1800 people that work on company. I mean, that's so keeping that big picture big responsibility and that is the responsibility. That's, responsibility. that's your job as a leader, yeah, right? To what, prune the trees so the branches don't break. That's right. So so. The whole people equation, because to me, it seems like it's probably the single, I mean, supply chain, you can, you can make sure your suppliers are the right suppliers and you can make sure they deliver the way they're supposed to with the quality they're supposed to and all those things. But this is a people business. You've said it over and over. I, the thing I tell every business owner is guess what? Eat it. <laughs> every business is a people business. It doesn't matter if you're the best dentist or the best hairstylist or the best concrete layer, the best framer or the best house build. 
ultimately we're all interdependent on people. And if you don't acknowledge that finding, attracting, aligning, developing, and retaining great people needs to be a talent if you're serious about business, sure. do you agree with that? Absolutely. That's yeah. yeah in every business. So yeah. that's, that's all it is. It's all about the people. So, and, and it's hard because we're all, and we're always constantly looking for the best people. Um, and we're also constantly, we, we do a lot of, we, we don't open a store and then never talk to our employees again about the training they just received. We do on this ongoing training. We do the, what we call boot camps three times a year at every store. We have a training team that goes in. And because if you're not talking, if you're not talking to your employees about, about the systems and procedures, then they think you don't care about them. Mm -hmm. And there's that, that slide that happens. So you got to constantly talk about it or else they don't think it's, if, if, if they don't think ownership thinks it's important, they're definitely not going to think, think it's important. So we're constantly doing things to remind us, Oh, geez, we got to get back on that. It's crazy and because a lot of business owners, we, we, um, my partner, Grant Cardone is the number one world's greatest sales trainer that there is. Right. And, and yet so many business owners will be like, well, we don't, we, our people don't want to train on that. And I say to everybody that we manage, like everyone in our, I don't care if you're the lawyer, you're training on that same platform. Hmm. I don't call it sales training. That's what Grant's card, Grant has positioned himself. I call it human capital development training. Like everyone needs to learn to communicate better. My lawyer, if I'm in the middle of a deal and they don't learn to communicate, they're going to blow my deal. So why would I only make a salesperson train on how to be a more effective communicator? When you, when you wrap training into your business, how significant and important is it embedded in your culture that it is an absolute must from the top down? Oh, yeah, it's, it's everything. 100%. Yeah, that's the only way it works. If it doesn't start at the top, it'll never work at the bottom. So, and I think beyond the 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 actual nuts and bolts of the training, is it's a real example, a living example of the leadership that hey, not only do we expect this to happen, but we're going to help you make it happen. And then when you're in that that people business, and you have all those people that are that are contributing and doing something for it, well, now you got a whole lot of people rowing in the same direction. Then the the the, the, the sometimes liability of lots of people becomes a real asset of lots of people because, you know, you, when you create a, a, a company that has, you know, top down leadership of caring about every single person in their job, giving them the training to do it the best they possibly can to deliver an amazing guest experience that says something. And, and I, I think beyond just the, the nuts and bolts, it says, Hey, this, this is for real. And I want to be a part of it. And that, that creates something really special. Yeah. Well, look, guys, I mean, here's the deal. You, you, the, the, what I love about this episode is I'm not just some guy that wants to talk to, to a successful entrepreneur in what I would say would be a difficult business to build. All businesses are difficult, but especially the, the being on point every single day with people and with systems and processes and vendors and suppliers and quality control. I can't imagine a more difficult business, right? But to get to interview the ownership and the leadership, from my own personal experience, I am a dedicated client, customer, who That's loves great. the brand. And, and so to get to sit with the creation of that is, is certainly a pleasure for me. And I want to thank you guys for taking time out of your busy schedule. Um, I also want to just congratulate you on your success. 
it, it is it is a, a brand that you've built that anywhere I go, when someone says, it doesn't matter if I'm out of Arizona, if I'm in New York or if I'm in LA, your brand, the representation of your brand, even with your former restaurants, speaks volumes. So when people are like, hey, I'm coming to Arizona, where's the best? I just had my buddy from Germany text me. I'm coming to Arizona. Where is the absolute best bougie place I can take my most important client? I said, Ocean 44. Wow. So, wow, so like, like hands down or steak 44, like, like it, it doesn't matter. You're going to get the same experience or you go up to Dominic's. It depends on where you're staying. You can have that experience in multiple brands. So I want to thank you guys. Thank you. And, and thank, thank you. you for taking your time out of your busy schedule to come. Of course. Meet with me. That's a compliment to show. be here. So thank yeah, you I for appreciate that. And I look forward to doing all sorts of great things with you guys in the community. Mm. Mandy has some great ideas for us to collaborate That's and great. do some stuff. Yeah, I love it. If you enjoyed this episode of Building Billions with Brandon Dawson with an iconic brand in the restaurant space, uh, leave a like, share this, leave a comment. And I appreciate you guys listening or watching another episode of Building Billions with Brandon.